Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. I have a little something I wanted to read to you all this morning. Um, and you can't take this too seriously because internet jokes are not necessarily theologically or doctrinally sound. And so we just have to have a little room for some humor. It says, Jesus and Satan were having an ongoing argument about who was better on the computer, and they'd been going at it for days, and frankly, God was getting tired of hearing all the bickering. And finally, fed up, God said, that's it. I've had enough. I'm going to set up a test that will run for two hours, and from these results, I will judge who does the better job. So Satan and Jesus sat down at the keyboards and typed away. They moused, they faxed, they emailed, they emailed with attachments, they downloaded, they did spreadsheets, they wrote reports, they created labels and cards, they created charts and graphs, they did some genealogy reports, and they did every job known to man. Jesus worked with heavenly efficiency, and Satan was faster than hell. Then, ten minutes before their time was up, lightning flashed across the sky, thunder rolled, rain poured, and of course the power went off. Satan stared at his blank screen and screamed every curse word known to the underworld. Jesus just sighed. Finally, the electricity came back on and each of them restarted their computers and Satan seemed to be searching frantically, screaming, It's gone! It's gone! It's all gone! I lost everything when the power went out! And meanwhile, Jesus quietly started printing all of his files from the past two hours of work. Satan observed this and became irate. Wait, he screamed at God, that's not fair! He cheated! How come he has all his work and I don't have any? And God just shrugged and said, Jesus saves. You know, I want to talk to you about that this morning. That's a perfect intro because that is exactly what we celebrate, that Jesus saves. Jesus saves us. Jesus resurrects us. He is the resurrection and the life. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, I say that Jesus' salvation gives us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that God might be glorified. Jesus' salvation gives us joy. And God tells us here in Isaiah 60, verse 1, that it gives us joy that we might bring glory to God. And yet, for many of us, joy is dead. In many ways. And we sense it. It might be in our relationships. It might be in our own hearts. It might be in our relationship with God. Where the joy is just not there. Like it used to be. It might be in our relationship with our spouse. We love each other. But there's no joy. It might be in our relationship with ourselves. There's just no joy within us. And yet Christ died and was resurrected that he may give us joy, the oil of joy and gladness for the spirit of heaviness, that great exchange. And he says that we might have joy so that we could glorify him. And so what I am proposing this morning and what I feel that the Lord is so imparting into my heart and then I would impart into your heart is we need to be praying and seeking and looking for and asking for and expecting joy resurrection. We celebrate Christ's resurrection 
we need to be also celebrating joy resurrection in our hearts, in our homes, in our families, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our relationships with our kids, with our friends, in our relationship with ourselves, and most importantly, in our relationship with joy, with God. Joy. My prayer of the last couple of weeks has been Philippians 3.10. You know, the reason this means so much to me, this scripture in Philippians 3.10, is that resurrected joy, for me, is the difference between living and existing. I don't want to just exist and die. I want to really live. I want to really experience the life that God gave to me through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus was resurrected that we might have life and life abundant. That's living the life. But just existing in this life means I just go in day in, day out. There's no real joy. There's no real victory. I do my best and then I go on to eternity. And God says that we can have so much more. We can have our joy resurrected today. If you feel dead joy any place in your heart, whether it be your, your heart, your home, your relationships, you can have resurrected joy today. I've been praying Philippians 3.10, which says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. It's not just a symbol, and it's not just something that we celebrate on Easter. There's power in resurrection. And so, in us, in order for us to have resurrected joy, can you tell I'm excited? I can't even talk. In order for us to have resurrected joy, we have to know that His resurrection brings power. Power to us, within us, that flows out of us and changes our lives and changes other people's lives. Resurrection of joy comes from resurrection of power. And as we get to know Jesus, we'll know this resurrection power. I love what it says in Ephesians 1, 17 through 20. It's a prayer as well that says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably or incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him, resurrected him from the dead. God says that he wants us to know his resurrection power. As we know Jesus more, we're to know his resurrection power. And here's the great news. It says that same power, his mighty strength, was the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And Romans 8.11 tells us that that power is in us. That's great news. That means that Christ's resurrection power, the power that God put in him to raise him from the dead, is in us. It's in us. Romans 8.11 says, And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit. And that is so powerful to me. 
Because that means that I don't just have to pray for resurrection of joy. I don't have to just hope for resurrection of joy this morning. Or whatever dead things might be in my life. If you have anything from God that you feel like is dead in your life, maybe it's just love. My love is dead. You need a resurrection of your love. My dreams and hopes are dead. You need a resurrection of your dreams and hopes. My vision is dead. My, my heart towards someone is dead. You need a resurrection. Well, that resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 8.11 says, if you are a believer, that power is in you. And I think that's exactly what the word means when it says that the one that's within us is greater than the one that's within the world. Why? Why? First John 4, 4, the one that's within us is greater than the one that's within the world because the one that's within us is the Holy Spirit, which is the resurrection power. The one that's within the world is the enemy, Satan, who has no resurrection power. So you thought I just said that joke with no doctrinal meaning whatsoever. And you thought, how is she, she going to tie that in? You know, the problem with the enemy is he has no resurrection power. He can only create death. But you have life within you. You have the Holy Spirit's resurrection power. And so even if you're coming here today and you're thinking, you know what, there is dead in my house. There is dead in my heart. Maybe it is joy, because I'm focusing on joy today, because that's what God told me to focus on that we would have resurrection of joy. And I am believing with all of my heart that whoever listens to this message will have joy resurrected in their hearts and in their homes and in their relationships if they choose to. Because God offers it to us. Jesus came that we might have life and we might have joy. And He gave to us as believers the Holy Spirit, which is the resurrection power to say, I want joy resurrected in my heart. And I know that the one that's within me is greater than the one that's in the, within the world. He gave us that choice and that power. I think one of the great things for me this morning is that God likes raising things from the dead. And that's really good. That's great news. And it's so much more than what we have boxed it into being. God raised Jesus from the dead. And He promises that we will be raised from the dead. And if any of you have ever doubted your salvation and thought, well, you know, I, I hope I get raised from the dead because I don't know that I'm really that good. Well, you're not raised from the dead because you're good. You're raised from the dead if you ask for Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Savior because then the Holy Spirit, which is the resurrection power, comes in you. And then even when your body dies, that resurrection power can never die and you're raised from the dead. But it's so much more even than that. God likes raising things from the dead. He likes calling those things that are not as though they were, and He likes taking those things which were dead and making them alive. And my hope and joy this morning is that He would be so excited if you came here this morning and said, I've got dead joy. Sometimes Satan wants, I guess, for us to just feel 
accused and overburdened and, and, and um, heavy and bad and guilty that we have to that we come into church and we know in our hearts when something's kind of dead. And what the enemy wants is for you to be so confused and so condemned and so full of guilt that there's no joy in your house or no joy in your heart or no joy in your relationships that you really don't know what to do other than feel guilty and stay confused. What God wants you to do is say, I know that you died that I might have joy. And I know that you died that I might be a living example of your joy to bring others to your kingdom. And I ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, resurrect my joy. And then walk in the resurrection that he has within you. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. This is really exciting. God's power resurrected Jesus and it'll resurrect us. 1 Corinthians 6.14 says, By His power God raised the Lord from the dead and He'll raise us also. How was Jesus raised from the dead? By the power of God. How will we be? By the power of God. How will your, your joy be resurrected? By the power of God. Where is that power? Is it in heaven? Yes, but it's also within you. Romans 8.11 says it's within you. As a believer, Jesus used his resurrection power to resurrect people. And I just want to look at two stories. You know, I told Lacey this morning, I said, the hardest thing about coming and speaking and knowing that I have 45 minutes is that I only have 45 minutes. And that may not be hard for you all, but that's really hard for me because it's like, it's like looking at some giant, beautiful, huge buffet and, 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 and taking a piece of parsley off the table and, and giving it to you. Because that's all the time that there is. I mean, God's Word is so rich. It fills you up. There's so much. And I'm just offering just a little, little bit. But what I'm excited about in that is that it only takes a crumb for us to be healed. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He is the Word of God. And he teaches us that it only takes a crumb to change our lives forever. So if I can offer you this crumb of joy resurrected, and if you will take it, and you will bring it on the inside of you, God will resurrect your joy. Maybe that's what you've been praying for. If I could give you any gift this Easter, that was what I would give you. Is your joy resurrected? Jesus resurrected people, and I wanted to look at the lives of just two. There was one little girl in Mark 5.35 who was dead. And it says there that while Jesus was still speaking, some of the men from the house of Jairus, that is her father, came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. And they said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? And then Mark 5.36 says, Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. And he went into them and he said, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him and he put them all out. And he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and they went in where the child was, and he took her by the hand, and he said, Talitha kumai, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. 
And immediately the girl stood and walked around, and she was 12 years old. And at this, they were completely astonished. Jesus raised from the dead. You know, there's a physical raising of the dead that takes place. And this may blow your minds, but we've had lots of missionaries come off the missionary field, and it's still happening all over the world. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But there's also a spiritual raising from the dead, and that is when we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, even though our body might die. That power that's within us, the Holy Spirit, raises us from the dead because the Holy Spirit never dies. And then there is an earthly resurrection from the dead, an emotional resurrection, a mental. And then we're talking about a joy resurrection. And that's when something is once dead, and yet God causes there to be life. That's what he loves to do. I want to look, too, and then compare these two stories at how Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus had been dead for four days. You know, some of us have joy that's been dead for a couple of weeks. Some of us have joy that's been dead for many, many, many years. Some of us have joy that's been dead for decades. But Lazarus had been dead so long that there was actually a bad odor, it says in John 11:39. And sometimes our joy has been dead for so long that we are tempted to say life stinks. Yes? Jesus went to them and said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of the Lord? And he took away the stone, and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that you may believe that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did put their faith in him. With those two stories, those two tiny pieces of crumb off of a huge buffet, I'm really trusting God to show us how do we use our resurrection power in order for our joy to be resurrected, in order for our joy to be restored. Isaiah 51 says that we can pray, Lord, restore the joy of my salvation. And I don't think David would have prayed that, David being a man after God's own heart, unless David had sunk down into despair. Unless David had gone through or is maybe experienced what you are experiencing or I experience, where life circumstances pile up so high that our joy needs to be restored. And not only restored, but resurrected. For many of us, our relationships don't just need to be restored, they need to be raised from the dead. Some of you need your sense of humor raised from the dead. And I pray that God raised my sense of humor from the dead. I was with my daughter the other day, and we had to go somewhere, and I had to pull her out of school, and then it was just too late to take her back to school, so... We went and tried to find a few things that she needed to find, and I got silly, and she got silly, and we were both silly and laughing, and finally she looked at me and she goes, Mom, she goes, I didn't know you were funny. 
And I thought, you know, my sense of humor needs a resurrection from the dead. Some of us need the child in us to be resurrected from the dead. We need our marriages resurrected from the dead. And instead of coming in here with condemnation and guilt, and instead of coming in here with the arm of flesh that says, I need to do this, I need to work on this, I need to fast, I need to be better, I need to be better, be better, be better. You tell, like, speak from experience. We need to just say, God, restore my joy. Resurrect me. And we can look and see how Jesus did it. How did Jesus resurrect? We're going to look at the little girl. We're going to look at Lazarus. And we're going to see that the Holy Spirit has a huge, huge message to us this morning on how to resurrect our joy. Number one, ignore the voices that aren't from God. Did you know that it's okay to ignore? Jesus did. In Mark 5.36, when we look at the story of Jesus resurrecting the little girl, the people were wailing and crying and, and, and um, there was just a spirit of oppression and depression. And in Mark 5.36, it says Jesus ignored what they said. And he turned to the synagogue leader and he spoke to him. In other words, he ignored the depression around him. And sometimes for us to have joy, we have to look away from the circumstances. Look away from the voices that are not God. Look away that with everything that would be tra- taking our attention away from God and His Word. In 1 John 4, 4, it says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the One who is in you, the Holy Spirit, resurrection power, is greater than the one who's within the world. They are from the world and therefore speak the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. We have to ignore the viewpoint of the world to have joy. Did you know that? You know, for for a time, being with Maddie, being with a child, laughing, I was ignoring my problems. I was ignoring all the things that I was trying to fix. I was ignoring all the things that I was trying to figure out. I was ignoring all the things that I should be worried about. And God says that we should be like little children all the time, that we can't even enter the kingdom of God yet that we become like little children. What does that mean, that we become immature? No, it means that we can't be fixing stuff all the time. We can't be figuring out stuff all the time. We have to let it go, give it to God, and have joy. Let Him fix it. I've learned this in some areas, but I'm learning it in other areas as well. It really helps when we let go trying to fix people that we know need to change. You will be amazed at your joy level and how much it will rise by just simply not trying to be your spouse's Holy Spirit. I mean, that, that was a huge job that I finally resigned from. It was huge, and it was really taking my joy. Several years ago, I I resigned from running the universe, which was also taking my joy, but then I thought, well, you know, I can keep the part-time job of being Lacey's Holy Spirit. We can't be. We have to have joy and say, God, I cannot fix this person. You know what? I can't even fix me. Only you can. I can't even be my own Holy Spirit. Only you can. And we have to ignore 
So many things, so many voices coming to us. And hear God's voice. And what does his voice say? His voice says, don't be afraid, just believe. The other thing that Jesus teaches us in these two stories, the little girl and Lazarus, and raising them from the dead, is he tells them both times, believe, believe. To the little girl in the story, he tells the parents in Mark 5.36, don't be afraid, just believe. You know, we're going to have to choose between fear and joy. The kingdom of God, it says in the word of God, is righteousness, peace, and joy. First of all, righteousness is my right standing with God. Not dependent upon how good I am, but dependent upon my receiving Jesus Christ. That's my righteousness. That's your righteousness. Peace comes from knowing Jesus. Peace comes from that progressive cleansing and changing and knowing God. And then joy, we have to have Righteousness and peace in order to have joy. And so we have to believe. And lots of times if I start feeling my joy go down, I realize I'm not believing. I'm just not believing God. I'm really not believing Him. I can say I'm believing Him, but if there's no joy, I'm probably not believing Him. I'm probably trying to take care of it myself. And I have to stop and I have to repent. I have to humble myself before God and say, I'm sorry that I'm not believing you. I want to have my joy. To the little girl, Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. And then in the case of Lazarus, he says, if you believe, I told you you would see the glory of God. And that's what I think that we all need to realize this morning, that no matter what you're coming in to in hearing this message, No matter what you're bringing to God that seems dead to you, God says back to you this morning in John 11, verse 40, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. If you will believe, you will see God's promises resurrected. If you believe, you will see your joy restored. It's dependent upon our belief. And then thirdly, Jesus teaches us through these two resurrection stories that we need to pray the truth and speak the truth. A minute ago, I was talking about the kingdom of God being righteousness, peace, and joy. And we are taught as little children the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. What are we saying, though, when we say your kingdom come if the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy? We're saying joy come! Joy come is what we should know that we're saying. And Jesus said the same thing to the little girl. He said, get up. Be resurrected. He said the same thing to Lazarus when he said, come, Lazarus, come, be resurrected. And we need to say that to anything that's dead and buried in the tomb for us today. We need to say, joy come, your kingdom come. We need to pray that and then ask for our joy to be resurrected. When we pray Psalm 51, 12, we're saying, Restore, resurrect God, the joy of my salvation. We're praying for God, asking for God to restore our joy. Why does it matter? Why does it matter whether we have joy or not? 
Practically speaking, it's quality of life. Like I fumbled through saying earlier, but I'll say it again and hope to not fumble through it. Do you want to exist or do you want to live? See, as a Christian, you can just exist. And you can go through this life existing and trying to be the best person you can be and you can have no joy and you can go to heaven. Or you can choose to get to know Jesus more and more and you can choose His resurrection power and tap into that power that's within you that's greater than the one that's within the world and truly live. You can have resurrected joy. And it's not dependent on circumstances. You all probably have heard me say that more than anything else. It's not dependent on circumstances. But it is dependent on doing what Jesus showed us to do. Sometimes we have to ignore all the other voices. The voices that are wailing and crying and that are depressed. Sometimes we have to even ignore what seems to be going on in the world. Sometimes we have to say, you know what? I can't fix that. But today, this day, I choose to have joy. We have to do what Jesus did by speaking and praying and believing God in order to have joy. And you know what's amazing about this is that when we choose joy and we choose God, resurrection power, all the other things in our life are not only more full of grace and easier. But we find that we're stronger. Why? You know most of you. The Word says in Nehemiah 8.10 that the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you want strength in any area, you have to have joy. If you find yourself weak, as a Christian in any area, as a believer in your life, weak, tired, overwhelmed, overcome, frustrated, confused, do a joy check. Have I lost my joy? And maybe you might have to pray like me. God, resurrect my joy. Resurrect my sense of humor. Resurrect the childlike dreams and hopes. Resurrect my personality. You know, I hear about people going through midlife crisis, and I'm like, well, you know what? They don't have to go through that. They can just pray for God to resurrect their real personality. Because that's what that is. That's that identity search of, oh my gosh, my life is half over or more. And what am I doing with it? We can just say, God, resurrect in me who you've really created me to be. Resurrect joy in my house. Resurrect joy in my heart. I can't do it myself, and I'm tired of trying. I choose joy today. And it is a choice. But the greatest thing is it's not a choice that you choose to try to make happen that's somewhere outside of you. It's a choice that you choose for Jesus to have happen that's already in you. The joy is in you. God's resurrection power is in you if the Holy Spirit is in you. Lacey and I have been going to all these different specialists because we've been told that I have to have another surgery, and this time the recommendation is a pretty extensive surgery, including 
completely fusing the last two discs that I can bend, which would mean that I could only bend my neck. And yesterday at dinner, Lacey said, you know what, Kathleen, you're just going to have to choose joy. Wasn't that mean that he said that? You know what, though? That's the truth. That's love. We have to choose it. See, because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And if I want to have strength to believe for healing, if I want to have strength to have abundant life, if I want to have strength to love other people, if I want to have God's power in my life, if I want to live and not just exist, I have to have strength, which comes from joy. And I believe in the deepest core of my being that sometimes if we would quit working on our problems, quit worrying about our problems, quit focusing on our problems, and just ask God to take care of it and choose joy, God would do such miracles in our problems, it would blow us away. How many of you know that God could probably do a better job of fixing your problems than you could? I can't fix my back. I can't fix whatever needs to be fixed in you, and neither can you, but I know who can. And he tells us to trust him and believe him. Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? There's a simple choice that we have today. A choice to humbly ask God to resurrect our joy or a choice to keep existing in whatever area. Keep covering. What do I mean by that? Sometimes if we don't have any joy left in our home, when it's just our family, everything is heavy and oppressive, and then someone calls on the phone and we say, Hello! We can all just be like, oh, you know, everything's bad and the whole day's bad and kind of just getting on each other's nerves and the phone will ring, hello, bless you, hello, how are you? We're fine, thank you, how are you? That's covering and we can continue to cover or we can say, God, I uncover myself to you. You already know I don't have any joy and I want it resurrected. I want my kids to say, hey, she's fun or he's fun. And not what I heard from my daughter the other day, which was, Mom, I didn't know you were funny. Do people know that? She even said, Mom, you should start talking like this in your Sunday school class. Because I was just kind of imitating voices and doing all this stuff that I do, which I'd probably get in trouble for doing, so I'll refrain. But anyway, it was still very fun. I cannot do anything to change what I cannot change. And there's always going to be something you can't change. There's always going to be something to dread, to fear, to be overwhelmed with. But God says, do not fear. Do not dread. I will be with you. I will take you by the right hand. I will lead you. I will make the crooked places straight. I will not just walk beside you. I will carry you. And I will be your strength. The one that's within you, Jesus Christ. The joy, the resurrection power is greater than the one that's within the world. Greater than your problems. Greater than your schedule. Greater than the impossibilities that you see within yourself. Some people lose their joy because they're frustrated with their selves. 
Sometimes we have to be joyfully imperfect. Like a child. We have to just say, oops, I did it again. Oops, sorry. Made you mad, didn't I? Can you imagine if we did that as husband and wives? Ooh, made you mad, sorry. But no, we've got to defend ourselves and build a point, and then, and then we've got to stomp around and pace around, and then we have to call a few people and make sure that we have a lot of people on our side. Well, he said, and I said, and he said, don't you think I should have said that? I think I should have said that. I did say that. And then we apologize after three or four days and two or three sessions of silent treatment. Sometimes we just have to be easier on ourselves and on each other and just have joy. Joy resurrected. That's what I'm going to be celebrating this Easter. That's what I want you to celebrate as well. And God gives it to us. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for joy. I thank you for joy. I thank you that you put joy within us and you put resurrection power within us when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That power is within us. That same power that, ro- that caused Jesus to be risen from the grave, resurrected, is within us. The one that's within us is greater than the one that's within the world. Father, ask in the name of Jesus that that same power would be stirred up within us And that we would humbly come before you, God, and say, fill me, God, with your joy. Fill me, God, because I know that it is Jesus within me that is the hope of glory. And I want my life to glorify you, God. I don't want to just exist. I want to live. I want my footprints to be in the hearts of other people. I want my footprints to be on the face of this earth. And I want them to be leading people to you. Leading people straight to you. God, some of us here just are bummed out. We don't even know why. We're not happy with ourselves. We're not happy with other people. We're not happy with you. Just we're not happy. And God, I thank you that we can't fix that. But if we'll put down our pride and we'll admit it to you, we can say, God, I admit to you that I don't have any joy and I want it. And I ask for it this morning. Please help me to have joy. Please resurrect joy in me. God, I thank you that as we pray that, you promise us that anything resurrected by you is greater than and more gloriful than it was before. And so, Father, I thank you that even as you restore and resurrect our joy, we will experience joy at a greater level than we ever have before. And Father, I pray that as our joy is resurrected, that we would give it away. We thank you this Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, for your resurrection. And we thank you for resurrection of joy. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message. 
to order a copy of this and other messages, please call us in San Antonio, Texas at 210-822-5500 or toll free outside the San Antonio area, 877-397-7773. That's 1-877-397-7773. Visit our website, KathleenWitten.org, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-W-H-I-T-T-E-N.org. Thank you.